interviewing top sports personalities from around the nation in order to provide you next-level insight and analysis into your Cleveland Browns. Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. And now, here is your host, Brad Ward. Welcome to All Eyes on Cleveland. I am your host, Brad Ward. This is the game day preview edition. Raiders traveling to Cleveland. Rescheduled for Monday night, 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, This is a joint collaboration show between uh, All Eyes on Cleveland and myself and the OBR film breakdown with the great Jake Burns. And without any further ado, here is Jake. Welcome into your, I don't know, game game preview now. Brad and I have been confused about when to record this thing because the Browns got shifted around and we're going to aim for our usual Sunday here, even though the Saturday game has turned into Monday. This is the OBR Film Breakdown with Jake Burns and the crossover you get on your game days with All Eyes on Cleveland and Brad Ward. Brad, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, Jake. Uh, you know, lots lots going on. Crazy week. But, uh, glad, you know, ultimately I'm glad it got, the game got moved till Monday. I wasn't so sure yesterday. You know, I, I posted on Twitter and jokingly said asking for a friend, but... You know, initially I was kind of like, is this just going to result in more positive tests? Yeah. You know, uh, could this backfire and the Browns just have more people out than they would have had if they played the game today? But well, it looks like we're getting a few back now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's been, today could have been a, a net negative, but outside of James Hudson, right, is the latest Browns addition to the COVID list. It, it, it does appear they've got some back. Update everybody with the latest as we know of. We record this at 7.24 Eastern time on, on Saturday night. Yeah, so I mean uh, my understanding is Hudson went on the list today. Uh, Tack McKinley is the first one off of the list under the new NFL protocols, right? Uh, and then sh- followed shortly by um Walker, yep. Uh, and Walker was out since last week, so he, he went out. Due. Yeah, he was due. He went out with uh, Gillum, and I forget who else went out at the same time. But oh, Injoku, yeah, and Injoku, right. and and they so though Injoku's back and Walker's back. I haven't heard anything on Gillum yet. Hudson goes out, which of course I think is kind of critical, hoping to get some of these linemen back here in the next 48 hours, obviously. Um, But, you know, uh, and then Tack McKinley back. Now, you mentioned before the show, we were kind of talking off air, Jadavian Clowney has been reported out a number of different places, but not officially anywhere. I do think he is out, though. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen the Browns put out anything official. I think they're much like Kevin Stefanski said. I believe it was Thursday. They're not really ruling anybody out because there's so much ambiguity with what this new. And at this time, there was no definition of what the new uh, protocol would be. But I, we've gotten a little clarity that they could get some people back. So yeah. I believe Brad to update everybody the uh, the 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 what is the deadline for the for either team to declare active players? It's it's game day two o'clock right Eastern two two p.m. Eastern game day. It's been moved till then, which is which is also really good. So, so the Browns should just be testing nonstop until then, basically. 
Yeah, I would imagine they're getting their asymptomatic guys in there for as much as they possibly can. We don't know the status of, of their first negative to get to their second negative, but you would hope at this point there's some there's more positive than negative going on right now in terms of the Browns getting back some of those integral pieces, yes. uh, especially some of the guys that up front we know about. Now, with Hudson down, I think we had a pretty good feel for the offensive line uh, mm-hmm. going left to right, including Hans, uh, Batonio, Treader, Dunn, and then Hudson. Now, with Hudson, the left tackle issue, I don't know if we're going to see Alex Taylor. I'm not sure what that looks like. That's sort of now becomes very ambiguous. I, I don't know if we'll see Jed Wills come back. Uh, that would that would obviously be pretty huge. But ideal, yeah. Um, we we really don't know about the offensive line yet because this is kind of a bigger issue, and we haven't seen any of Alex Taylor or anything like that this year. So there's a whole bunch of uh, uh, I, I guess we'll see with the offensive line, offensive line, and safety group are the ones that I'm like, hmm, this is getting dicey. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, most concerned about that is that, you know, I went over on a show, on my show on Thursday, I was, you know, looking at the defense, and of course that has changed, but, you know, I had the safeties written down as Moffitt and LeCount at that Mm -hmm. point. I don't think that's changed really, do you? No, that has to be who it is, because MJ Stewart has to be involved in the slot corner situation, because that's without Greg Newsom, who did put out an interesting tweet today about emoji that maybe meant he's close i don't know anthony schwartz looks like he has a chance to play so that's obviously uh obviously great because you know people have you know as far along as we are brad in this concussion stuff with the awareness and the movies and the nfl and younger football leagues and uh, understanding the, the the issues that concussions can bring in your life we still don't have an understanding of like these things don't have a definitive timetable you don't sit out a week and you're back from a concussion you have to pass steps of uh you know brain tests that essentially to prove that you're able to come back and if you can't pass them because concussions affect different people different ways then you can't come back so like i was seeing some people like almost questioning borderline questioning anthony schwartz like that's not how it works man i thought we were past this point where we were constantly questioning people for you know their their ability to to yeah. come out of a concussion protocol it's not like that it's, it's it could be months before guys get back to normal with a concussion and schwartz hit in the new england game was nar- that was a nasty hit man. it was yeah and it's not like it's up to him at all you know it has, he has no say in that that's you know the doctors right so um and his baseline and all that stuff but and it needs to be taken seriously certainly as we see i mean you, you saw the other night with Parham. I mean, that was as, as vicious and gnarly as a thing. You know, it, it didn't look bad, but, man, was that scary, right? You know, just the game of football. That just kind of put things in perspective a little bit there. It does. It does. It's scary. And I would just kind of double-check before I decided to put out something questioning a guy with, with concussion stuff because, again, yeah. those are not, hey, it's seven days off, and then they're coming back. It's not, it's not the uh, COVID list. It doesn't work that way. In exactly. terms of like having a set timetable. So anyway, wanted to get that out there. Otherwise, uh, for the roster stuff, that kind of covers all of it. I don't know if Stefanski will be able to coach. Still don't have an idea of what things look like for him. He said he was asymptomatic early in the week, but I don't know if yeah. things are different. I know the NFL has sort of adjusted some media protocol stuff for this whole thing uh, in yeah. terms of uh, uh, disallowing certain folks and certain tiers to be there now. I don't know what it looks like for the coach situation, but nonetheless, we'll, we'll keep our eye on whether Stefanski's ready to come back. 
Uh, but we do have a definitive time. We have Monday at 5 o'clock. That's the game. It's going to be played no matter what. There's too much money on the line, as we all can tell. There are tweets from those insiders in the NFL who understand game checks, and that's a big part of why this game's being played is because players didn't want to miss out on game checks. You know, mm-hmm. Even if you get a forfeit win, you are forfeiting a game check, and that yeah. is what uh, some people didn't want to look at, and that's a part of things for – uh, some teams, uh, whether you know they, they were going to benefit from it or not, everybody wants to get paid for the effort that they put in, and that was a part of the agreement. And then, two, something that uh, bothered me before we get to the game stuff here is, you know, people from from the Raiders side of things thinking the NFL is trying to cheat them or or ridiculous, yeah, or 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 give them, I don't know, it was almost just like screw the Raiders and only the Raiders. It's like yes, the NFL always looking out for Cleveland's best interest. That's yeah, totally that's how it absurd. always goes. Just it was just a really weird thing. And why would you why would you want it to be that? Why wouldn't you, you're complaining because a team with the vaccinations and things of that nature are not going to be able to play? It's just a really weird thing to complain about to me. Yeah, what they wanted a forfeit or they wanted them to have to play on Saturday. I mean, it just seems like. Why would you, as an owner especially, like, why would you complain, you know, this team is 99% vaccinated, they made it very clear at the beginning of the year that they were not going to be punished, teams were not going to be punished if they were vaccinated, you know, uh, the game had to be moved, and, and why would you complain about, you know, that they, they're giving them a chance to get some players back, I mean, come on, that just seems like a, I hate to say it, but it seems like such a Raider thing to do is complain about like that, right? Like, uh, you know, come on. Oh, we wanted to, you know, we wanted to play them when they were down more people. Yeah. Oh, great. Really? Yeah, that's Re- that's really strange. And guys who yeah. are vaccinated and you have no proof whether they were acting responsibly or not. So it's just really weird to me to like think the mm-hmm. NFL is trying to screw it when they're moving other games at the same time because oh, yeah. of this too it's not like you were the only team impacted by this so yeah really weird sort of thing that came out i tried to get a couple people from the raiders side of media on to chat about it but i think the timing of it wasn't great for the west coast stuff and it didn't work He's out but i did want to have that conversation suggesting that the game should be played in las vegas now uh the, mm. the mark davis suggested that as if like that would somehow equal things out for them i don't yeah. know absurd Las Vegas, the beacon of uh, responsible behavior. Yes. There. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we like I said, Monday at 5 o'clock. You got some stuff on the weather, what that's looking like. It was supposed to be ugly on Saturday, so this could be an opportunity for a little better weather, right? Yeah, and I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure really if that's what the Browns want or not yet. True. You know, I, I guess it'll kind of depend on personnel, right? So uh, Monday, you know, this is from the, the actual, you know, the stadium forecast. They, they got the cameras in there and stuff, right? So, uh, but it says sunny with a high near 43 uh, south winds, 9 to 14 miles, miles per hour. Now, that's Monday during the day. Monday night, which, you know, this game is going to get dark pretty quickly, probably, uh, starting at 5 o'clock. Uh, partly cloudy with a low around 30 southwest winds 10 to 13 miles per hour still dealing with those winds right mm-hmm. um and i and i saw somewhere gusts up to 30 miles per hour so Whew. so that's the typical spicy cleveland winds yep. i don't think we can find many games this time of year without them so right. it does look ugly your broadcasting crew if it doesn't if it doesn't change it could change but it was supposed to be joe davis kurt warner uh, ironically enough Melissa Stark and Steve Weich were supposed to be the group on it. We don't know if they're going to keep that group. 
We also have no idea what some of the player lines are um, mm. at this point. So I don't I don't have any numbers for like Baker Mayfield passing because I don't know if he's playing. They don't have anything on Nick Mullins because we haven't seen Nick Mullins in you know a good amount of time, obviously. So we don't know that one. As far as the uh, odds, I've seen it tilt back toward Cleveland. I'm not sure. I'm trying mm. to look as we're going through this what the latest number is um, yeah i i see it so just to, for record you know i was kind of keeping track of it so it, it looked like i didn't see it i don't know you may have seen it get further i saw it get as far as four uh plus four yesterday at one point to cleveland uh and the the over under was as low as 37 and a half it is, seems to have come back up and towards the browns i have it at two and a half right now uh, Cleveland as the underdog by two, two and getting two and a half points and the over under at 40 and a half. That sounds right. I don't have any better number than this. It does seem like some of these have moved around. It got it opened as far as Cleveland giving up five, um, but it has moved around a yeah. little bit. So, um, moving target on everything. Hard to give you the gambling stuff we like to try to, <laughs> to give you when we don't really even know who's going to be um, in action. So, I guess we can shift toward talking about what the keys to to winning this game are even if the the puzzle is not completely put together you know what i mean i mean we, we don't i mean the big thing is the best way to learn a language immersion living where the language is spoken and using it every day but if that's not in the cards this year you can still learn a language the second best way and that's with Babbel. be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts that help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. I think the biggest thing is Nick Mullins. I, I, yeah. I, I think people have talked about Nick Mullins like he didn't have a nice little run in the NFL. I mean, like he's been around. You could do so much worse than Nick Mullins in this situation. And there's he's some right. people that could talk about Nick Mullins should be the future backup quarterback or whatever based on what they do with Baker. So uh, do you have some data on Nick Mullins in case people have not looked up this stuff on their own? I have some really interesting data on Mullins here, and this is from the Brown site, so you know everybody can look at this stuff. But it is pretty interesting. I did not realize that he has been with the team since the first of September. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense. It, we'll just say this: it's, it makes sense. This is you know not from the site, but obviously he's a, he's been in the system, right? He knows the system um, coming from San Francisco. So uh, the Browns liked his experience which included eight starts last year with San Francisco. I, I did not realize he started eight games. He went two and six as a starter in 2020, uh, largely working with an injury-depleted roster. Mm-hmm. 49ers had the second most injuries of any NFL team in 2020, totaling uh, 
well, he had, I don't have the no, to, no, total number of injuries, but completion percentage last year, 64.7. Uh, threw for 2,437 yards, 12 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Now, here's really interesting, mm-hmm. I thought. Um, in his first 16 starts in the NFL, Mullins has 4,405 passing yards in his first 16 starts. That is uh, the most by any quarterback in NFL history in that span, trailing only Patrick Mahomes with 5,100 yards. Well, that's something. That that's is definitely something. something. He's had he's had some nice efforts. I I do recall him having an, a couple nice, um, you know, a couple nice performances in his first year in 2018 mm-hmm. with. Uh, I'm trying to look at the game by game stuff here, but it's not showing me. The way I was hoping it would show me, it's showing it broken out by years. Um, anyway, no big deal. I think, I think, like I said, he had okay. So he had three games in 2020 with mm-hmm. grades over 80, which is a pretty dang good game in the NFL for a quarterback. So he's more than capable of of figuring some things out. And 25 career touchdowns. Yeah. 20, yeah. I mean that that's a pretty good number, right? In yeah. 19 career games, 16 starts, 387 completions. Almost 4,800 yards and 25 touchdowns. It's not like this guy's never played before, right? Yeah, so, I mean, you compare that to, um, you know, so so compare that to somebody like, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, uh, the Lions. You know, the Lions is their backup quarterback. Didn't have, uh, in 2021 here, didn't even have anybody legitimate to play behind, uh, behind Jared Goff. They played Tim right. Boyle. So imagine right. going into a game with Tim Boyle, um, and you would you would obviously feel much different. I, like I said, I I think people are giving way too much. Uh, I don't know what the right word is here. They're not respecting some of the work that Mullins has done. Not that Mullins is a guy who I'm demanding should be on a roster somewhere, but mm-hmm. he's done enough things in the NFL actually to. I mean, you, I, I mean, I think the Lions could obviously benefit from a player like that. Depends on what your situation is, whether you're into winning or not, collectively, but. Yeah, I mean, this is a good situation for Mullins. The system is familiar enough. It's not identical. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. there's been some deviations between Shanahan stuff and Kubiak stuff over the years, but the the footwork is similar. The some of the verbiage is the same. There, there's not a whole bunch of mystery here. So I think that that, like I said, you could do infinitely worse than than somebody like somebody like Mullins here, and I think the Browns can still win this game with him. I mean, it's. It sounds like he stays ready for games, too. He does a lot of stuff on the sidelines, mimicking the game script. Yeah. Baker's going through with practice. You know, there are certain games where he obviously will not be a huge part of the scout team because if you play somebody like Lamar, he's not going to be imitating Lamar because of the running aspect. No. So he has been around for a month here, kind of probably. He, he does have. Around. He, <laughs> yeah, he does have. Yeah, he does have better wheels than, you know. Keenum certainly maybe Baker uh he you know I was gonna say you know I think it was Walker I I mean could be wrong there I think it was Walker who was talking about how he's been you know this past week though he's been you know first one in last one to leave uh you know Alex Van Pelt kind of raving about his work ethic as well so that's that's those are good signs right uh when a guy on the defensive side of the ball is talking about that so yeah, that's the stuff you want to hear. That's the number one key to this game to me is is yeah. what kind of performance can you get out of 
get the ready third right? string quarterback in this sort of scenario i i don't like i said you can do worse here you can get a guy who's unfamiliar with the system period could be like somebody like laletta right that could be a, a situation yeah. and, not, and nothing against kyle but like a guy like Kyle obviously benefited from being in Cleveland, but somebody who, for example, maybe um, is signed off another team's practice squad and has no clue whatsoever of what to do, where to go. So, again, just not to say it the 17th time, but the Browns have a chance at quarterback, even though it's not ideal. Uh, that's mm -hmm. the the obvious number one key to victory is can they get some decent quarterback play uh, in this game? So I'll let you go with another one you might have, uh, but that's my that's definitely my first one. Yeah, I'll, I'll totally. And I know I've kind of been piggybacking off of what you've been saying as commenting on the Mullins thing and giving you the numbers, but I'll kind of go on the same thing is that I think offensively, like, I think you keep it simple, but you really go to what the core of what this offense is. Like, I don't, you know, I think you really just take that wide zone scheme, you know, Mullins knows it, and you go to the base core of it. We're going to run the football a lot, uh, and we're going to boot. Mullins out right and we're going to run some play action when we want to throw the ball and take our shots and I think it's that simple right um you try to run the football successfully and, and throw off of it and and stick to the core of what this offense is at it's very very base yeah they've um had this conversation the other day have become more they actually are the second highest gap usage team in the NFL this year they're right. really they're really not a wide zone team anymore. They were last year run, to an yeah, extent, -wise, yeah. um, but but the you know to your point, they do run some zone stuff. It's just it's just become really interesting to me how they've kind of gone away from that now. I don't know if that's there could be several elements of things tied to why they're doing it that way, but nonetheless, yes, they have. This isn't a game to me where they can get by and win running for eighty yards or a hundred. They need this to be the game where they get back on track for something like 180 rushing yards this yes they have to be and, and i'm not talking like 15 carries where you have two yards one yard three yards, like and then they break one for 40 and then you call that a good i'm talking you need to have rushing efficiency which is running mm -hmm. for five yards genuinely five yards a pop you know running for 12 6 7 3 10 you know like they need joe joe thomas i think he covered this so eloquently all the all that while back when he was playing but one you know one long run doesn't create run game efficiency they need to be efficient out in front of the sticks not because of the quarterback play alone but because of the tackle situation and how much help they're able to give there you know yep. realistic help they're able to give there so i think i think the run game efficiency in this one is as big as it's ever been and if they don't get any of it then they're going to be even more in trouble putting points on that. It's hard to imagine that they, they, they can't seem to eclipse 17 points generated as an offense in any game of late, but they need to get it together in the run game to even get there this week, in my opinion. So you you're crutching on the defense again, but you got to find some way like the, there's real tangible pressure to run the ball. I, yes. I, I, I think that there has been, um, but they can find a way to maybe get by. They have to have it tomorrow or Monday. Right. 100%. Uh, yeah. What, whatever way you want to do it, because we know there are multiple up there in the offensive line and in the way that they do run the ball. But, it, you know, at its core, they have to they have to be their identity, right? They have to be able to run the ball efficiently. Um, because as you said, even, you know, what it does, and this will kind of lead to my second point, and you can go off of this, it, what happens is if you do not do that, uh, 
is that the Raiders uh, have two guys in Gakwe and Max Crosby uh, who combine uh, to be top three in pressures in the NFL. So if you put yourself in a situation where they can uh, come off the edge and create that pass rush, they do it pretty well. That's one of the things they actually do pretty well on the defensive side of the ball. That's about it, but that's one thing they do well. So you can't be in third and longs, right? Dropping back to throw, you're going to be asking for a ton of trouble there. 100%. And you, you can only manipulate so many things in protection to be okay. Like, you can only give so much help uh, with, with having ample routes out to get guys open, you know, so there's a lot of that uh, mystery there, too. So um, put it this way. They, they cannot, if they're behind the sticks and have, I don't know what the number is, um, maybe seven or more third and longs in this game, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be ugly. And, it, and yeah. we've seen ugly lately offensively, but even more so than we are accustomed to. So hopefully they can find a way to stay out of that scenario as best Jake, they can. Jake, do you look do you look forward to uh Alex Van Pelt calling this game in any way? Like do you look are you looking for differences in the way he calls the game at all? It has it has a well I mean I will. I definitely will look for differences. It definitely has a <laughs> it's a narrative game. If the Browns come out and put some points on the board with this group and right. AVP's right. calling plays, then you know the pitchforks are gonna come out for Stefanski, which I just think is wholly ironic but um yeah. you know I, I i definitely will be paying attention to how if any ways that that avp does it differently and um sure. but this is, i hate to say it because it sounds weird but this has a greater chance to do harm to offensive continuity <laughs> than anything else i really do because we're yeah. expecting them to struggle and we don't want them to struggle but we're expecting them to struggle because that's understandable given everything they're going through but if they right. come out and play well which would not be, I guess, wholly unexpected. I mean, it would be unexpected, but like, I, you get what I'm saying. Like, if they come yeah. out and find success, it's not going to do well for people judging how the offense had been holding itself back in recent weeks. So I just and that's not and that's not fair. No, and it's then, not you know fair that's not fair. All. That's not fair at all to judge it that way. But I, I see. What, I mean, I think the same thing. I mean. You, they don't. The Raiders really don't know what to expect, right? I mean, they kind of do, but they don't really know what to expect because it is it is going to be a different approach. It's a different play caller. There's different personnel, um, and so that kind of plays the Browns' advantage a little bit. The Raiders' defense isn't good at, at, to begin with, except for maybe that pass rush. You know, they leave Perriman at home. They leave Trayvon Mullen at home. I don't know if that's still the case. That was going to be the case on Saturday. Do you know? Updates on that, Jake? I have not heard any updates on that. I, I, I to be fair, I haven't even looked. So yeah. we'll we'll definitely keep your eye out that if you're listening to this, we don't have an answer on that, but that is something to pay attention to for sure. Originally, it was going. You know, I know we know Waller's not playing, but no Paraman, no Trayvon Mullen was the original, uh, and and that helps, right? You know, those are two. That's their best uh, cover guy, and that's their leading tackler on defense. So. I, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they found some success on offense. Uh, this Raider, you know, if you put together a long drive early in this game, Jake, you know, speaking of like game, you know, game theory or game uh, narrative here, you know, it's uh, if you put together a long drive early in the game, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you could get this Vegas team to quit on you a little bit. They've lost five of six. They want to quit their way. Yeah. yeah, they do. They want to quit. And then there's the whole collusion thing from the NFL. They're trying to push and all that sure. stuff. Um, I Listen, I don't think this is a blessed Raiders team. I think they've been through 
their share of actual trauma this year, not uh, not some of this contrived stuff here. But they've 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 been through some things, and I rehashed it with my guest earlier this week about you know the things that they've had to try to overcome this season. So that that part of it, and 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 it's a mixture of things for Oakland, and they're not sorry the Las Vegas, and they're not they're really not playing very well. So. Uh, who knows who knows which team will come rallying cry up nobody believes in us hate the nfl backs against the wall all those cliches that seem to be like really important nowadays who knows mm-hmm. which of those teams will show up but i do agree i mean if cleveland can get out in front early uh and 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 do some of that stuff they'll obviously have a really good chance to to put this team away early i mean i think vegas wants to be put away early i don't think they care they care but they're they're defeated they're deflated it's been a long season for them so yes. um, I, I do think there's some of that going on. They're six and seven. They know they have two teams in the division who are really good, and the uh, uphill battle to get into the playoffs is already really hard. So, yeah, I think there's some of that. There's some of that at play, and you hope the Browns can come out and do that. Now, we I feel like we've been asking for the Browns to do that for like seven weeks now. Um, we haven't seen enough of it, but uh, it would be great, again, for them to come out and, and do some of that, and, and they'll have an opportunity, I would imagine, with some of those different – schemes and different uh thought processes as we know now now again com- tomorrow could happen and kevin could be off the uh covid list and baker could be off and all the things we're discussing here in moot but uh, you know sure. we, we, are, we are kind of going through this thing in the scenario that we that we know it which is who's playing right now and and how that could that could sway things and um you know as we as we sit here it's it's a lot of ambiguity and uh, hopefully we get some clarity tomorrow but at the at the least we have some hope that the Browns have some scenarios that can play out in their favor. And one of them would be the Raiders cross country doing it another day, not really looking forward to this trip. They're hating everything about it. And they just no show that would be great uh, for the Brown scenario, because I think <laughs> they have an opportunity with some really hard games across the division to really put themselves in the forefront of this thing. You know, I think they got to get to 10 and seven. You absolutely mm-hmm. cannot lose this game because you go to green Bay next week on a short week. And that makes mm-hmm. it even harder um, because I've always kind of banked on the Browns having a real chance to get to six, 10 and seven by these two division games at the end of the year. So, you know, if you can, if you can be sitting at eight and seven, by the time you get to those two division games, that's the goal. I've always kind of counted green Bay as a loss just because some of those guys haven't been up to green Bay. It's a real, it's a real stage up there, man. And they're a good football team. So yep. that's kind of where I'm at. My last one is the only offensive weapon that really scares me due to the position he's located, whatever is, is Hunter Renfro. And I think largely for me, it's because um, the Browns are so beat up in the location that Renfro thrives in. And that's the slot between Troy Hill and Newsom being out and who's going to play there. We don't really have an idea. So Renfro is the one who kind of scares me the most. I'm not sure what you're looking at as far as the Raiders offense with Waller out, but that's the one that I keep kind of going back to. He can really, he he's become a, a vital part of what uh, Carr does in this offense due to, Henry Rugg situation and Waller and all of it. So where are you at with that? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. He's very, very difficult to, uh, you know, to stop. Uh, he's so shifty. He gets open all the time. Uh, you know, their wide receiver core is him pretty much right now. Brian, you know, Edwards is, has not produced very well. Uh, you know, so it is kind of the Renfro show, you know. The only other thing I would comment about their offense is the Browns need to stop their run, obviously. You know, last year in the weather game, Jacobs, 30 carries for 130 yards against the Browns defense. So, obviously, Jacobs can beat you in the run game. 
their offensive line is not very good, which kind of, and, and the Browns have done pretty well for the most part against the run at times, especially with JOK in there. So I'm not as scared about that, but it's certainly a factor. Agreed, agreed. They took, the, if I recall, this was like the game before the bye last year, and the Raiders really took it to them. They, they, they we, did. They were dominant up front. Jonathan Hankins, their defensive tackle, who's still a part of their team, had a phenomenal game, dominated the line of scrimmage. The Browns really didn't seem interested in this game. So I would have hoped that, that already, organically, there was a little get-back that you would like to have, and especially even going back to the last time they met before last year, which was 2018, where it felt like the NFL sort of – the officials made some ridiculous calls, that chain measurement situation at the end of that game. Oh, my gosh. Um, not, to, not to bring back all those memories, but, yeah, that's – the Browns owe the Raiders that. anyway. They kind of owe them as it is, and hopefully – that can come to fruition a little bit. They're due, and it's a game the Browns absolutely have to have, and the march uh, to the end of this thing has been chaotic. But hopefully the chaos has brought them together a little bit here. And and, and if they, if it has, this would be a huge win for the more the morale of everybody involved. It would be so huge to go into Green Bay at 8-6 and six and feeling really good about yourselves. Fun fact about that game two years ago, last football game played on a baseball field ever. Wow, did not know that. Did not know that. History was made, my friend. All right, Brad, this was great, man. Any parting uh, thoughts before we head out of here? No, that's it, man. You know, this is a moving target. You know, keep all that in mind, everything we talked about here tonight. You know, things are going to change. That's the only one thing that we can tell you for sure is that things will change. So, (laughs) (laughs) And reminder, if you're listening to this midday, Sunday, or Monday morning or whatever, we're recording this Saturday at 8 o'clock. That's kind of when we're wrapping this thing up. So if things change, obviously move your target to uh, where they change. That's the best we can do in this wild, crazy uh, scenario that we have in front of us. So, Brad... For those of us at the OBR Film Breakdown, a reminder will be up. I think we're going to do a little thing tomorrow where we go live for some of the playoff implication games. If you want to check yeah. that out on the Twitch, go ahead and follow that uh, OBR Twitch and check that out. I don't know, Brad, will you have another show between now and the Monday kickoff? I will not. This will be it. You know, uh, I think a lot of these concepts will hold regardless of the personnel. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. And, and uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be with everybody after the game on Monday. Of course. All right. Uh, For All Eyes on Cleveland with Brad Ward and for the OBR Film Breakdown with myself, Jake Burns, we appreciate your guys' time. Have a great Sunday or Monday whenever you're listening to this. And go Browns.